We're joined on the line from Surrey City Council by Councillor Linda Annis to talk about the policing situation in her city. Councillor Annis, good morning, Linda. Good morning. Good to have you with us. Uh, they had a vote on Monday at uh, Surrey City Council, voting 5-4 to four, to create a plan to detransition the Surrey Police Service and maintain the RCMP as the official police unit. The chief of the Surrey Police Service, Norm Lipinski, says, not surprised by this, but we report to the police board, not to City Council. On City Council, there you were for the vote, Councillor. Uh, what was your vote and why? Well, I actually put through a motion that we do a referendum. The one thing that's missing in this whole process are the facts. Uh, We have no idea how much we have spent so far, where we are in the process, or what it would cost to actually uh, transition back to the RCMP. So what I was proposing at Council is let's get the facts on the table before we make any decision, and let's let the residents make the decision. After all, it's their tax dollars that we're spending as councillors. Now, the, uh, the, of course, it, it, it could be said that the, the uh, voters of Surrey, an election ago, voted for Doug McCallum, and one of his platform planks was, we're going to toss the Mounties and create our own Surrey Police Service. So that would represent an endorsement of the idea. Those who are in favor of retaining the Surrey Police Service would say, you've already had your vote. So uh, how do you counter that? Well, I think uh, Mayor Locke says the same thing, so here we go again. Uh, Doug McCallum uh, got in, uh, but I'd like to point out that the Surrey first vote was split. Had it not been split, uh, he certainly would not have gotten in. He, uh, Between the two uh, Surrey first candidates, uh, there was about 15,000 votes more than what Doug McCallum got. This last go-around, uh, Mayor Locke just squeaked in with 900 votes. Uh, That certainly is not a mandate. Mm -hmm. And she got, uh, you know, um, only 28% of the vote. So 72% of the people that weren't voting for any uh, uh, transition back to the RCMP. And I think people need to know the facts before we make any decision about what's going to happen with the police. We can't keep flip-flopping back and forth every four years. Well, no kidding. And and I mean, the, 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 and I mentioned earlier, just a colossal waste of energy, Linda. I mean, there's so much attention being devoted to this distraction that really, I mean, of course, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. I get that. But it's a, it's a huge annoyance. We had Dr. Rob Gordon from Simon Fraser, who's a criminologist, uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show talking about this and he said look this is going to come down to the, the province because this is there's a power struggle going on uh, the minister of public safety mike farnworth is going to have to come in here and intervene to one direction or the other do you think it's going to come to that uh, short of a referendum well somebody's got to make a decision and we've got to stay the course you know it's been a huge distraction in surrey not just uh, during Doug McCallum's term, but here we go again yeah. to uh, Mayor Locke's term. And we should be focused on building rec centers, on building the infrastructure that we need for our city. Since I've been elected, we've had almost 50,000 people move to Surrey mm-hmm. and very little attention paid to uh, infrastructure. Everything seems to be focused on the police transition. So uh, what sort of appetite, Councillor, do you detect among the voters of Surrey for a referendum? Well, when I was out campaigning uh, just a couple of months ago now, uh, I was hearing loud and clear from the residents of Surrey that um, what's going on, what are the facts, and do we get a say in it? Because there's been no public engagement or transparency through this whole process. 
And, you know, and I'm starting to see stories. We had one on, on Global News the other night uh, about uh, officers, the recruiting process. There's hundreds of people now wearing the dark blue Surrey Police Service uniform, and some of those people have come from points afar. Uh, the story of a, 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 an officer, a sergeant uh, in from Toronto, moved his family lock, stock, and barrel out to the West Coast. I got a new career thing here. Away we go. So uh, if, he says, and he says, if the Surrey Police Service is disbanded, he's not going to join the Mounties, and his career could very well be terminated based on just the logistics of it all. And he's not alone. Hundreds of people already in uniform. What do you do with them? Well, that's a good question. You know, I mean, they're certainly entitled to, uh, I would think, a fair amount of severance pay. And, you know, um, that's another thing that we don't have the facts on. We hear from the Surrey Police Service Union that most of their members will not uh, transition over. Yet uh, Mayor Locke is saying, oh, yes, they will. So where... Where do the real facts lie? We don't know. And again, that's why we need to just put a pause on this and get the facts on the table. So the facts that you're talking about, Councillor, are, are, are the facts that should have been on the table at election time so people could take a look at the facts and make a fact-based decision on who to vote for. So in the absence of facts, they voted anyway. And here we are with a very narrow victory for the other side this time around. How's that going to change things? Well, you know, it's the same problem we had uh, when Doug McCallum got elected and started to move forward with the police transition. Uh, There wasn't facts on the table then. And, you know, I do know that uh, Mayor Locke and myself both ran on transparency and open government Mm -hmm. and uh, not specifically just to the police transition, but in general. And this is one good example where I would say to her, let's get the public involved and let's put the facts on the table first. Uh, do you know anything about costs of referendum and how rapidly it could happen? Again, this is, you know, there's, there's, time is passing us by here, Councillor, and, and, and yet there's, there's a need, as you think, and many others, for public input. So if there's going to be that part of the process, it's expensive and time-consuming. How quickly could it be done? A referendum is a whole lot cheaper than doing the transition either way or undoing the transition. Uh, fair ball. Yeah, we have no idea. You know, I've heard numbers floated all around about what the police transition is going to cost or what it will cost to untransition. And we're talking, you know, a couple of hundred million dollars in some cases, Mm -hmm. but we don't know the numbers. A referendum is a whole lot less expensive. Doesn't have to be a complicated process, but we just need to get on with it. And could, could it be done, for example, within 90 days? I sure think so, but we need the facts first. We don't want to just do a referendum and make the same mistake that we've been making all along, not letting the people know what the facts are. We need to get the facts first, put a pause on what we're doing, and let the people make a decision. If Surrey wants to have a referendum, do you need the permission of the of Victoria, or is this a, a municipality doing its own thing on its own style? Well, I believe that we would need uh, some support from the provincial government since, in the end of the day, the provincial government is responsible for policing throughout the province. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm certainly no legal expert, but um, I would believe that that would be, be the case. But Okay. Well, Linda, obviously this is, uh, this is a situation that is very much at play and is not going to change, unfortunately, anytime soon. Uh, one can only hope that some measure of getting it resolved is, is begun because it's just a quagmire right now. Thanks for this. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Always a pleasure talking with you, Sterling. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.